Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. We're joining you here after the Illini fell 88-80 to against Michigan State. I'm Courtney Lane Brewer, joined by our Andy Olson, who was at the game in the East Lansing. Andy, what are kind of your initial thoughts coming out of this one? I was really excited, Courtney, coming into this game. Uh, just because I think everyone is well aware how good Sparty is at home and this is my first trip to the breslin center i have to say did not disappoint i'm not going to go over my full list of uh big 10 arenas rankings on the podcast but uh the place was rocking and everyone knew coming in michigan state needed a win coming off of a loss Uh, almost the exact same scenario as the last time these two teams met uh earlier this season in champaign Unlike the last time they met, Michigan State comes out with the win, like you said. Uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. led the team in scoring 28 points in this one. It kind of felt like this was the first uh, game back to to his old form before his suspension. Uh, But we'll talk more about that, go in depth on that a little bit later. Uh, This one was back and forth. And to be honest, it seemed like Illinois had this one won, especially at that seven minute 30 second mark when they go up eight on a Marcus Damask three-pointer and that was the largest lead of the game for the Illini and, and it seemed like one more bucket and this one was going to be put out of reach and then Michigan State went on a 24-8 run in the last six minutes and change and uh, Illinois just could not make a shot at the ends they could not play defense to save their lives Michigan State was getting everything they could have wanted against the Illini, and that's how you get a, a Big Ten loss on the road. Illinois hung with them tough, but it's a hard place to play. Michigan State really needed this win to kind of keep themselves in contention for that top four seed at the Big Ten tournament, and they still needed a marquee win as far as NCAA tournament resume goes. Jeremy Warner was telling me on the pregame show that they were kind of on that like nine to 10 seed line coming into this game and uh, definitely a win against the number 10 team in the country. I feel like solidifies their place in March madness coming up here in just a couple of weeks, but it was there for the Atlanta. They had a great opportunity in their grasp to keep pace with Purdue at this point of the big 10 season, but fourth loss in the big 10. Now they fall to eight and four. And uh, it kind of seems like regular season Big Ten championship uh, is out the window with how good Purdue has been this year. But Illinois, we'll see what happens. If they win the final eight games, I guess they'll be in the conversation. But uh, that is a tall task and uh, certainly can't have too many more stinkers like they had at the end of this game. Yeah, you said exactly what I was going to say regarding Michigan State. They needed that big resume win heading into the tournament time. And they hadn't gotten that yet. And this is definitely a great win for the folks in green. It sounded quite loud on the radio for what I caught of the game. But the I can't imagine that anyone in orange was cheering loud at that last six-minute mark. Tell me a little bit about how that played out. It was loud in there for sure. And uh, Michigan State, if you remember, had a great end to the first half as well. Illinois got out to, I don't want to say a comfortable lead, but it was a couple of score lead. Uh, Michigan State then just hit a couple of shots in a row, eight nothing run. All of a sudden, they're going into the, into the locker room up 44-41. And Illinois had to fight back 
early in that second half to get out to the lead that they did. So when it was back and forth, a slugfest, uh, the Michigan State fan base showed out in this one. Like I said, Breslin Center uh, had a, a very good first impression on me. Uh, Love the arena. Uh, super, super uh, nice. We uh, did the pregame show in the Hall of History, uh, which I have to assume is a, a somewhat recent or newer addition uh, with all the success that the team has had under Tom Izzo. And just the fan base is so passionate about Sparty basketball. And they were in it the entire time. I felt like maybe if Illinois had extended that eight-point lead, uh, like I said, after that Marcus Damask three-pointer where things kind of fell apart, if they had hit one more shot, the fan base might have uh, lost interest just a little bit. I don't know if anyone would have gone for the, the exits or anything like that yet, but I think Illinois was that close to maybe taking the fans out of it, which, which might have you know, affected how things went down the stretch because as soon as the fan base got into it, it got loud. I don't mm -hmm. think I have the best ears in the world, and they were certainly popping uh, towards the end of this one because it was so loud in East Lansing. Uh, and it's just what a what an atmosphere. And you can see how Michigan State feeds off that atmosphere right. every home game. And, you know, Breslin Center is not an easy place to go and win. So that I think that makes it worse for Illinois, though, that they were so close to pulling that off, uh, right. even as the higher-ranked team, uh, but just not able to come up with it in the end, I'm sure is, a, is pretty crushing for them. We're seeing several games, at least in my opinion, from Illinois lately, games of runs. They go on an eight-point run. Other team goes on an eight-point run. Back and forth, back and forth. Do you think that's a stamina issue with this team? Do you think they're struggling to power through to the last second? Brad Underwood talked about uh, the beginning of games being uh, somewhat of a concern with them, especially after this long week that they had since the Nebraska mm -hmm. game. Uh, they had to take a couple of mandatory NCAA days off. Uh, he was worried about his guys not coming out and being energized. However, beginning of this game, they looked pretty good. Yeah. To your point, the end of the game, this is two games in a row now because Nebraska went on that run that forced overtime. Uh, Michigan State makes this run at the end. And when you talk to the guys afterwards, I don't think it, it is as much to do with stamina as much as maybe a lack of focus. I keep hearing from guys, we talked to Coleman Hawkins and Marcus Damask after the game, where they had mentioned locking in and uh, just, I don't know if they specifically said focus, but uh, other synonyms for focus. Uh, so I think maybe it has something to do with not getting ahead of themselves at the end of some of these games. Uh, I, you know, there were a couple of missed opportunities. The one specific one that Brad Underwood brought up, uh, and it was brought up by the players, was a Justin Harmon opportunity to shoot a three-pointer. It was wide open uh, on the wing. And instead, he drives and then uh, turns the ball over. Michigan State gets it. And uh, something that Brad brought up as possibly being this, uh, one more shot that could have knocked Michigan State out of things. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's a turnover and it, it goes the other way. The momentum starts to swing, you know, I don't know if it is as much of what you said. Stamina, to me, it goes to focus and try to see if they can get these guys dialed in for six more minutes, four more minutes, whatever it happens to be in each game. Because uh, it just seems like they're, they're missing shots and the offense specifically goes away. Uh, tonight it was the defense as well. Both sides of the ball uh, were not 
not very good to the Illini in this one. Mm -hmm. You shared this on your Twitter. I want to highlight it on here as well. The early Coleman Hawkins technical. I know he broke that down post game for you. Tell me a little bit about that conversation. It was funny that he brought it up kind of unprompted. Really? Uh, so, you don't see how yeah, he dies a lot from I, a media perspective. He wanted to go on record and put things all out there. Uh, so, so the background in the game is that Coleman Hawkins makes a three. I think they pushed it to 11-11 at that point. Yes. Turns around and says something to uh, some fans sitting courtside and immediately gets a technical from the referee there. Uh, I was following Coleman. He can't believe it. Uh, you know, he's talking to the referee and stuff like that. I was also following Brad Underwood. And it, he, at first he seemed upset at Coleman. And then it looked like almost as if once they got into the huddle, because after this point they, they broke for the media timeout. Mm -hmm. Once he sat down in the huddle, it looked like he got an explanation from Coleman of what he said, left the huddle, and then went to go talk to the referee that, that made that call and was Ow. incredibly upset. Um, and then there was a, a technical call on Michigan State as well. Jade Natkins made a three-pointer right in front of the Illinois bench, turns around, says something to them, gets a technical. I didn't get that breakdown. But from what Coleman said was that right before he caught the pass on the wing in front of those fans, they said, you suck. And oh, wow. he hits the shot, turns around, and just tells them, boom, is what he said. Uh, and Illinois, boom, is like one of their – it has been one of their things for three-pointers for it feels like a number of years. Um, and the referee heard, hears that and uh, tees them up for it. And, and hmm. the reason that Coleman told this story is that he has a couple of technicals now, uh, it, it feels like, just in the past few games. And I, I, it, it seemed almost as if he was getting kind of tired of the social media abuse of people calling him a crybaby, or he specifically said he was getting a negative reputation for being someone who draws technicals. And then it, it, the way that he talks to referees about it, mm -hmm. he was just putting it all out there. Like, this is what happens. I'm not a negative person. Like, you know, it was saying that like, I, I maybe I, because it's so loud, I am talking very loudly. He, he was trying to explain, like, maybe why it might seem he's, like, screaming at refs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, what Coleman is saying, you know, I, I'm not there to hear exactly what he said to the fans. But Coleman, to us in the media, has always seemed uh, a positive presence. You know, has always been very forthcoming with his thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, and I... I take it for face value what he's saying like i you know I, I don't think that he should be painted as this negative guy or this uh or have a bad reputation because of these technicals um certainly the one today if everything he's saying is true seems like it was a little bit of a reach for uh the referee to call a, a technical on that that right. part of the game but uh it was definitely interesting hearing him explaining it, and he's definitely getting some love from fans on, on social media so Maybe we'll see a, a more calm down Coleman Hawkins here to, to end the season because after this technical, who knows? Maybe, maybe he's going to be overtly more calm on the court because mm -hmm. maybe these maybe he feels these refs are out to get him, whatever it may be. Uh, maybe we'll see a different side of Coleman Hawkins here coming up. That'll be interesting to see. Tarek Shannon Jr., 28 points, seven rebounds in all but one minute of the game. I completely agree with what you said in your opening statement, I guess. This really seemed like his I'm back game. 
Yeah, it's certainly his best game of the calendar year because uh, he missed the first few weeks of 2024. Uh, but it's what we've seen from him, it feels a little bit timid almost in his first games coming back from suspension. He wasn't shooting the three as much. Mm-hmm. He was driving, but it, sometimes it felt out of control. Uh, and as much practice as he might have put in during that suspension, uh, nothing beats actual game minutes in the Big Ten. So right. with some games underneath his belt now, it feels like maybe he's getting back to the point where he can take over games for Illinois. And I was talking about this on uh, the radio earlier this week where uh, it feels like Illinois needs to maybe mesh the way that they were playing in 2023 before Shannon was suspended and the way that they were playing for those six games without him. Because while it was, you know, so dandy and everything was was roses when Terrence Shannon Jr. could take over a game. Oh, yeah. You know, Think about bragging rights. You and I were on cloud nine. Exactly. Like, like it is great that he is able to do that. However, there are still games you like to have, you know, some scorers in your back park pocket like Marcus Damask and Coleman Hawkins, Quincy Gary, when they can go out and have those 30, you know, 25 point games as well. So I don't think that Illinois needs to get to the point where it all falls on Terrence's shoulders again. But I do think it is a positive where he has a game like tonight where he looks like he did prior to the suspension uh, because as good as Illinois played in those six games without him, they certainly would like to have that all American type player back again in the starting lineup. Right. And something I think we saw prior to the suspension was in these games, it would be Coleman or not Coleman. It would be Terrence Shannon Jr. And someone else across these early games, it would be him and somebody else who had, 20, 30-point games, and that was what propelled Illinois to a win. When you look at the box score from this game, he had yeah, it was. He had 28, but behind him, Coleman had, and I say only 14, take that with a grain of salt, Coleman had only 14, Marcus Damask had only 12. Yeah, they're not going to have many games where, like at Madison Square Garden, where uh, Marcus and Terrence both go for 30 points. Uh, but when you look at some of those guys who have that capability – Quincy Garrier has been in the tough stretch here. Marcus Damas um, has kind of been riddled with some turnovers here recently for the Illini. Uh, so getting some of those guys right, it almost feels like Illinois is in a bit of a rut. Maybe mm-hmm. not the worst place to be in a rut at this point of the season. It's certainly better than like, you know, the first week of March right before the Big Ten tournament starts. Uh, they have time to figure it out. So to see Terrence playing this well, you have to let maybe those guys readjust to what it's like playing with Terrence as well, because they played six games in an, in an entirely new lineup. They have to relearn what that is like, too. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how that meshing goes. And they certainly have some good games coming up to make that happen with Michigan, Maryland, Penn State, all games that Illinois is going to be favored in. Uh, well, they just have to make it happen and see if they can maybe carry some of that momentum to uh, some of these big games at the end of the year, like Iowa, Wisconsin, and Purdue. Yeah, you transitioned perfectly into what I wanted to talk about, which was this game going forward. So far, me as somebody who is still learning this team, I haven't seen much 
of a losing slump from this team, carrying losses into the next game. And when you're looking into this stretch, you host Michigan, you go to Maryland, where Brad Underwood has never won. You really can't lose that momentum. So what do you think are some keys heading into this next week? Still hard to believe that Brad has never won at Maryland. I remember. I have it written on my desk because I was so shocked when I saw it and didn't want to forget it. I've been to the Xfinity Center twice each of the last two years. I'm not going this season. It's going to be Brett this season. Uh, But each of those games, Illinois was supposed to win. And Maryland (laughs) ended up kicking their butts. And then earlier this season at the State Farm Center, Maryland did the exact same thing for whatever reason. Their turps are kind of like that uh, that boogeyman for the Illini. Uh, So certainly being able to play with Terrence taking over is going to be huge. Being able to step up on defense, not losing focus, is going to be incredibly important. Now, Michigan did beat Wisconsin somewhat here recently, but the Wolverines are still reeling. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of fight left on that team at all. You know, it's almost that quitting point of the season, it feels like, because they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. They are just really disorganized right now, and it it is not good in Ann Arbor as far as basketball. Uh, So, first of all, getting back on their feet against Michigan – trying to figure out some of these dif- defensive and offensive issues, limit some of these turnovers. Uh, I have no doubt that Brad Underwood, you know, will will get that right. Because if, when you think about the context of today's game, this was not a bad loss at all. You just have to stop that from becoming a losing streak now. Correct. Because it, you can't hang your head losing to Michigan State at Michigan State. You know, there's only so many people that do that every season. So, can't hang your head. You got to get right back to it uh, because there are still, let's see, how many games are left now, Courtney? Eight, eight games left, I think. You counted faster than I did. Yes. I, be- I believe it's eight. They're eight and four right now, so eight games left on the, in the regular season. Yes, correct. And then you head to Minneapolis. Should be a fun one. I don't know what's going to happen in Minneapolis. Maybe Purdue makes it uninteresting, wins the regular season title, rolls through uh, Target Center, but uh, with the amount of uh, quality teams in the Big Ten, uh, let's hope that uh, something interesting happens up there this year. Andy, final thoughts as you were boots on the ground in East Lansing. I, like I said, really like the Breslin Center. I think that's got to be a, a trip for uh, every every basketball fan to make. Huh. Uh, super, super cool. Um, did make a little bit of a long journey today, but, you know, we're, we're on our way back now, and, uh, you know, Illinois, I think coming into this game, an eight-point loss, I don't think would have been out of anyone's, you know, realm of possibilities. Uh, the fact that they were in a winning position and then lose makes it sting for sure, but like I just said, can't hang your head to a loss at Michigan State. Uh, we'll see where the Illini go from here. Uh, because still some winnable games left on the schedule. Certainly some ones that they should win as well. Not just winnable. They should win these games. And uh, excited to see where the rest of the season goes. You and me both, sir. The Illini will be back here in Champaign on Tuesday the 13th on Mardi Gras to take on the Michigan Wolverines. That's at 6 o'clock Central. And this one's streaming on Peacock if you can't make it out. 
Andy Safe Travels Home. We'll be seeing you here shortly. And for anybody wanting to see full press conference from Brad Underwood, Andy's highlights and report from the game, you can head to WCIA.com.